That North Korea rocket. I know. I've been burning cast here. Sorry. This is the North Korean rocket cast. Oh my god, it's so funny. It just sounds... <laughs> it, it had like a nine-month setup. Yeah. It's a joke with a nine-month interpol- like intercontinental political... Yeah. Well, you know... So, you, I, I'm laughing loud for an hour. You know that... I mean... <laughs> Sorry. Re- <it's- laughs> well, yeah. And, well, and certainly... I'm sh- you, you, you know for a fact that in North Korea, all of the official... Press releases and news reports and everything. Oh, great success. Successful <laughs> launch of rockets. Yep. Yeah, North Dear Korea leader, owns Dear leader does space. it again. <laughs> Max, this one out of the park. <laughs> whatever, not, I guess the new one's not Dear Leader. He's whatever. Does oh, they uh, they, they Kim Jong-un? Yeah, they don't yeah, call don't him Dear Leader. Right? Him. They call him something else now. Best leader. <laughs> Sweetest leader. <laughs> Sickest leader. <laughs> Rad leader. Oh, it's so funny to me. <laughs> It's just no, because nobody mentioned it in the in the in the political arena up until it happened. Right, like nobody no, know, said, "Look, we're all up in arms about this rocket launch. We think it's all bullshit. We need to really talk about like how we're going to like politically sanction and like economically sanction North Korea. This is a big deal. This is the start of World War Three if they do this." Nobody ever said, "Uh, that's probably just gonna fall into the ocean." <laughs> <laughs> so nobody said that, and then rocket disappeared. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. It's like Andy Kaufman levels of funny to me. <laughs> yeah, just North sort Korea of long enti- joke. The entirety of North Korea is just a weird uh, puppet state set up as an elaborate piece of performance art. <laughs> yeah. Except for all it's the, star- except for all the yeah, starving people. All the people except for that it's real. Yeah. There's someone over there now yeah, yeah. who hates you. No, I don't think they get the Idle Thumbs podcast. Or Idle Thumbs for that matter. That one guy might. Well, there's, there's a version of Idle Thumbs that's officially approved for... <laughs> Uh, for North Korea consumption, but the only band it's, it's just a high pitched wine and then dear just... leaders uh, <laughs> match three. Uh... Oh, but I hear that theirs is different because the tiles turn gold when you match three. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Idle Thumbs reached pop reached enough sort of global popularity that people in North Korea heard that they should like Idle Thumbs. And then they produced their own idol thumbs and told them that <laughs> right. that's what it was. <laughs> that's true. There's three North Korean versions of us. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. They actually look like Big Bird and uh, <laughs> a famous person. It's like and, and Big Bird and George Clooney. And, <laughs> and a street racer. Yeah. <laughs> this actually sounds way cooler. Than that. <laughs> They're just shackled. We have nothing, like, there's nothing to talk about. Like, What's a video game? <laughs> like, What's a can podcast? I go home? Why am I here? Well, maybe they captured three. You know, maybe like they, captured, did they actually captured well, yeah, the actual no, Big, Big Bird and George Clooney. It's actually, George Clooney. Race car it's actually Paul Walker have from Fast and the Furious. Why do they record the boost? Record the podcast. <laughs> do it. Say Babu. Shut up. No food for a week. I don't understand. Well, because did you guys hear about how. Uh, Kim Jong Il once captured a yeah a film director a Japanese... from South Korea. Oh, oh was it? Was I it thought it was a South, South Korea? Korean film director. Maybe it was. Oh, Japanese. maybe it was. I forget. He maybe required the monster movies be made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he took. A, you know, he also took like an ingenue as well, and they made this, made them make movies. Yeah, I was just reading about this recently. Why was I reading about the Korea place? Well, because you were looking for parallels place. with the weird North Korean idol thumbs. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> recreations. So. Anyway, when Idle Thumbs launches its missile, it's going to work. <laughs> Launch missile. Oh, man. That old article. Oh, what, what game was that? That was uh, Space War? Yeah, Space fire War. Fire Missile. As space War has a big fire like missile. Like the original game. arcade game or whatever that is? Sun yeah. never sets on the, on the Space, space Idle Thumbs Empire. Empire. Yeah. <laughs> the Space British Empire. All right. Oops. Stop I'm going to move the microphone. Stop it, dude. Come on. Believe it. The rain stopped just in time for this ominous cast. It's Friday the 13th, 2012. This is the Idle Thumbs Kickstarter Progress Cast, the ninth one. I'm Chris Rimo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And here we are. Yeah. It's raining. It's raining. That might make this podcast sound bad. We're not really sure yet. We're going to talk about the sound of all the progress casts, just so you know that it's a progress <laughs> cast. <laughs> right. Yeah, these... So the audio conditions <laughs> this week are this raining. Horrible echo chamber. There's a rooftop of a building <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> 
Oh, when we were on a rooftop. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that time when we were on the rooftop of the building. Yeah. And there was a we're going to do a road trip episode at some point here. I really enjoyed playing uh, Eminent Domain last night. Yeah, that was, that was a fun. really fun board game. We lead with a board game. Man, a I feel of... like I might have played Eminent Domain once, but I've forgotten about it. I feel like you played it by proxy by sitting in the office. And no, the I mean, I think I think I've played it in a different board game yeah. as well. It's good. It's it has a lot. It, it reminds me very much of Imperial Twenty Thirty, which is a game we've talked about on the cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Eminent Domain yeah. is actually what's cool about Eminent Domain. One of the things, um, aside from its qualities as a game, which are good, uh, it was a Kickstarter game. That game was. We only talk about Kickstarter stuff on the Kickstarter, <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's it. I I first played it. Oh no, I actually think Doug is the one who has it. And I I think I first played Doug's copy at Chuck's game night, and I had I never would have guessed that it was a you know like a crowd funded thing because it's it, really nice. Yeah, it's one of the <laughs> nicest. I mean, seriously, no, though, I mean, like, domain, it's, like it is actually one of the nicest. The graphic design, game just the presentation of it, is really really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really tasteful. It's really well made. It's in space. It's in space. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's sort of like a very light deck building kind of thing. Yeah. Where there's only there's only so you only lightly hate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, the reason I like so uh, as these guys know, I'm not a huge fan of deck building games because I don't I don't. You like... are not unique, and you are the most uh, adverse. I think to I'm not that deck building games. Out of the three of us, I mean, yeah. I think if you were to rank us and who doesn't like deck building games the most, oh, yeah. you would probably be the most. Pro- probably so. But this but this not kind of deck building game, I actually do enjoy. Um, the kinds that I don't like are the ones that are really content heavy. So, mm-hmm. um, like Magic: The Gathering is an extreme example of that. I'll actually probably talk about that a bit later because I've been playing the computer game version of that a lot. But uh, the thing I don't like about many games with deck building components in them is how content driven they are. So, like some crazy combo happens just because some guy happens to know that oh, if you get this card and this card, they combine in some outrageous way to make a thing happen. I like when I play board games. My the majority of satisfaction I get out of them is from entirely symmetrically understood, straightforward mechanics that interact in really interesting ways. Not like some guy just, this card happens to say this does a ton of damage just because mm-hmm. on it. You know, like I like the interaction, like the pure systemic interaction of stuff. And so a game like Eminent Domain is deck building, but the cards in your deck are really straightforward things like attack. Right. Or produce resources, or trade resources, or survey planets, or whatever. I mean, they're all, they're just they're just the actions you do in the game. They're not they're not crazy like just arbitrary. You don't. Wacky. Yeah, yeah, there's weird, only, I mean, weird, varied stat bundles. Basically. Yeah, there's only exactly. really like five or six cards, and they just sort of when you play one, you're determining what the emphasis of your turn is exactly. going to okay. be. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, although to like. To the, on the other side of the coin is that the fa- is uh, there are special cards mm-hmm, that have but they're all remarkably intense powers though they do but they're all pretty they're all pretty restrained in terms of type you right know, like they, they, they don't break really up in the powerful, mechanics but yeah they're just like right. trade two resources instead of one right. or like you know get an additional card you know I mean they're very very so what is the actual like what is the objective of Eminent so Domain? the objective is to accrue planets under your control and Sweet. then colonize them either by attacking them like building up sufficient fleets that are large enough to bring the planet uh, under control militarily, or by loading them up with enough colonists that they then become yours. And in, in mm-hmm. either case, regardless of which route you take, the end result is the same. The planet becomes yours, and it comes with victory points attached. So it's like Neptune's pride. It actually it is a little bit, yeah. Like and the fact pride, that actually, it's yeah. cool, in the, and there's a, like a scan mechanic. Oh, weird. Good, good That's a really comparison. good connect. <laughs> because they're, I mean, yeah. Mm. I, li- I like that as a comparison. But, Me uh, too, yeah. There's a scan mechanic where as you're as you're adding sonar, a sonar is scanning, scanning sonar. Oh, one, one ping shot, one ping. <laughs> Nine million years later. <laughs> God, the yeah. fucking speed of sound through yeah. space. <laughs> the no, one no, guy who's no, in the way of that is. Boom. What? <laughs> there's air? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's, not, there's not even equipment. It's just yeah. dink on the side of your spaceship. What? <laughs> there's got to be a better way to do this. So you You're send one ping. Throwing a little so rock one ping. One ping. You just go straight because there's, no, yeah, there's yeah. no resistance. Put the shot back on reverse and deploy sand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you drop Some of it might oh, come no, back. It would have to be a super ball so it can bounce. <laughs> send. <laughs> deploy the crazy bouncy balls. Deploy the stupid... It's just like that Sony commercial. Right, de- deploy space. the fucking precious TV or car commercial. 
<laughs> Super bounce ball dumpster. The first one that comes back, now you know the vector of your... <laughs> there's a planet, there's there's a planet there. or so something sure the there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, This so this game is weird. Yeah, it's yeah, very it's, strange. You know, it's very space, strange. The future of space travel is much Yeah, our house was filled with rubber bounce balls yesterday. Yeah, you would think it would be more high-tech, but, you know. They spent all the they spent all their money getting to space. What is it? That's true. <laughs> but uh, so you have these. God, I'm just gonna say sonar. Now. That's fine. That's, that's fine. <laughs> but you, you have system. scanner cards that are in your deck, and uh, there's a stack of unknown planets. So when you decide, oh, this is the turn where I'm gonna scan the galaxy, you can sweet. You can pull as many of those off the top of the deck. Oh yeah, yeah. That, as, that you have in your hand at the moment. So you sometimes you just get stuck with that first planet. Right. Which is, but like get, being able to pick up four and say which one of these do I want to spend my time and resources on Trying to colonize. is yeah. the way to. I scanning feels like one of those things. It's <clears> one of those mechanics where because you don't earn victory points, because it's alternate, it has an action. Every every card also has like an like a, a one off action you can do associated with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like draw two cards, but because it doesn't have anything like sexy attached to it, you don't really think about it being really valuable in your deck. It's entirely prep. Yeah, it's entirely prep, but that prep I think can help you really win the game. Yeah, well, that's yeah. how you did so well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, you got the, you got a big old chunky planet with a lot of victory points, and then you ended up. It was it. chunky. It filled up the entire card. It's looked like a portly planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that Super Bowl came back real quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really great game though, um, yeah, like, game and I'm sure it's available like, on Amazon and stuff. But yeah. uh, it's yeah, it's not. I, it wasn't I just. If it is actually. Yeah, because, yeah um, Doug was, was saying that it was. Yeah, yeah, because it was made on Kickstarter, but I mean, I think it's since been picked up. Right, really. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah, you don't. So, if you, well, yeah, this that the point of that was you don't have to have gotten in on the Kickstarter to play. Right. You yeah. can. Try I, th- one. I you think can try that's a actually down. a proven, a pretty proven model at this point. There's a number of board games that kind of starts. I've played a few at Chuck's board game mm-hmm. that, like that, that were Kickstarter. Yeah, Chuck has a lot of those. It's cool. It's really awesome to see. It's interesting how that's how they're kind of ahead of the curve relative to video games on that because we're right now in this phase where we're getting a. A bunch of high-profile video games funded on Kickstarter, oh but there hasn't been a lot of return yet. Whereas right. you look at the board game space, and there's there's pretty a amazing ton of stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I, I've heard from some people that a lot of them have been not the greatest games, but I mean, I've played there's, several that are really good. So yeah, there must be right. good exa- You know, there must be plenty of good examples out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool. It's really cool to see. Yeah. yeah, it'll be strange when you go on Steam and then you play a game that was Kickstarter. When you play the Double Fine Adventure, yeah, game. but you just forgot. Lose your brain. One HD remake. Right. <laughs> Well, actually, you know, another interesting thing Hardcore I, I tactical shooter. about the um, Kickstarter board game stuff is that the the whole, obviously, board games all-inclusively are sort of a big thing that includes, like, Monopoly and, you know, these sort of standbys. Guess who? Sell forever. But, like, the actual, the actual, uh, <laughs> oh, guess who? God, I have not thought about that game in, like, well over oh, a decade. Man, this, that was, like, a slow roll. It took a while to sink in. This you sitting there, like, Knocking those little faces Does down. Does he have glasses? glasses? <laughs> oh my god. So it's got Guess Who, it's got Eminent Domain. That's true. But like, the, you know, the audience of people who plays kind of non-hobbyist board games is not really a community in the same way that people who play mainstream games It's video a community of are. American families. That's true. But like, you know, even the people who play really relatively big, large budget, uh, widely targeted games, right. they're still kind of a community that goes to websites and stuff. And so a lot of those people... Like the Milton Bradley folk. No, he's talking about... You're talking about in games. In video games, sorry. I'm so accustomed to games meaning video games when we talk about games. Uh Um, Whereas in board games, that's not the case. And so the hobbyist sector of the board game, like, playing audience Mm -hmm. is much... seems to be much smaller than, you know, than in video games, which is this big, expensive, like, super marketing-driven industry. And so, even when something comes out, like on Kickstarter, uh, like a game like Eminent Domain, which, you know, is, the equivalent of that would be relatively under the radar in video game terms. Like, but mm-hmm. in board games, it can really, it seems like it would be, site, so, like it would be something game, like FTL, it seems like, in scope. Right, right exactly, right. right. Whereas, in, in board game term, terms, you go to, through a site like Board Game Geek, even really low profile stuff like that can just get folded into the sort of canon of well, yeah, with, right, within, right. They all, they're all held on. The, they're with, all held yeah, within the, the board game geek community. Standard, yeah. All of those guys be like, "Oh, we played Eminent Domain." A lot of people be like, "Oh, no, no, Eminent Domain." Do 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 right. do 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 do. Whereas yeah, yeah, if you're like, when you can, because yeah. when I was, they'd all say that too, which is the official well, board well, game. I mean, hello, the disparity, do, 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 I mean, a lot of it. Some of it is probably the perception of the disparity in production value. Because like something like Eminent, you know what I mean? Absolutely. 
we have Mansions of Madness, which is like an $80 mm-hmm. uh, fantasy flight game, and it takes an hour of setup and has all these awesome little parts. But it's, the difference at first blush in just the physical production value of that versus right. Eminent Domain is so minimal. Right. Like something Whereas like FDL Legacy versus is... Modern Warfare 3. Exactly. People just hold them in different esteem. Not in a way that I think a, is no, good. No, I yeah. agree, I agree. Yeah, you know. And something like Risk Legacy is, is a rare example of a of a sort of newly developed hobbyist game from a very, like, Hasbro, like a, mm-hmm. the biggest organization around it. But it still is not... I mean, it's an ambitious game, but it's not... But like, from a production value standpoint, it's not, like, just pooping all over eminent domain. Right, right? Like, right. Like, there's not, like, a crazy electronic button in the middle. Like, that, you that's, you yeah. might even actually find a more ornately produced thing from someone like Fantasy Flight, or even exactly. like a smaller right. company yeah, than, yeah, yeah. than the people... But like, right. Fantasy Flight is huge, obviously. Yeah, but like, yeah. yeah. They're not Hasbro. Well, you don't... I mean, again, it's kind of a barrier to entry. Like, if you can source the parts, make a board, and make it look nice, mm-hmm. you can compete with any board. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Guess who? Yeah. There's something really cool about that. Like, no, there's it's, something that's it's really, really awesome. nice about yeah, that yeah. community. And part of it probably also is just that the hobbyist community is smaller, so the sort of their world is flatter in the sense that it's easier to reach... to, like, communicate to all those people, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. they're more centralized. There aren't, like... 400,000 million different board game blogs. I mean, maybe there yeah. are, but I very much doubt it. Like, well, they seem, funny, to, they like, seem it to really like, congregate around yeah. a few big sites like Board Game Geek. And Board Game Geek, I mean, I I like going there and I get... Yeah. But, but it, I mean, it definitely has its... There's no... I don't... I wouldn't... I think somebody could come along and make a site that competed against Board Game Geek that could blow it out of the water. Yeah, pr- probably, to, you know probably I mean? true. But there aren't going to be isn't like, dozens uh, yeah. and dozens no, all no, no, the no. time. You know, yeah, like I also don't need one. No, but it'd be nice if there was kind of a better... I, I wish there was a better home on the internet for board games. Idle Thumbs. IdleThumbs.net slash... <laughs> Try typing that, Spell bitch. it. I like Board Game Geek. I like Board Game Geek. You're coming Ge- out against Board Game Geek? <laughs> We're feuding with Board Game Geek now. <laughs> no, I mean, I just... I wish that, you know, like... The reviews are all, I like, wish that they would shut down. And that's all I'm saying. And things like this. Yeah, you know, and just sure. the sort of the crowdsourced nature of Board Game Geek, how it's all user-submitted content almost across the board... And just from a layout and everything, it's hard to just really. It's hard for me to engage that site the way I do. Like, I don't go to sites anymore. <laughs> but like, dig or uh, but even like Giant Bomb. Like, I go there and there's features and there's a community and there's sort of hard lines between this two. And like, even yeah, though yeah, they have yeah. a lot of crowdsourced content when it comes to their like uh, the, the wiki stuff. The wiki stuff. Board Game Geek is awesome because it has the huge amount of content that it has and it has the community that it has. But it's very much. Well, it's more like I, an IMDb kind of site. It, well, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a full database. Like, mm-hmm. Right. It feels more like the Wild West of the internet to me. If that makes sense. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. It also happens to know everything about every board game that's ever existed. It does. It really does. I love that I was looking I was looking through their top 100 when I was in Gamescape mm-hmm. the other day trying to find a game to pick up. And it was so cool to see on that list, like, Advanced Squad Leader, which came out in 1985, like, and Go, which came out in, like, negative 2200... <laughs> <laughs> you know, which came out I like that it had a release date, it had a date, it had a date all the games have years in parentheses and it was really crazy to see like 2011 1995 1984 like 2200 BC like, like, it was, it was, like that was a crazy thing to see this, really the, cool. this the idea of a release date I know like, yeah. like the, the, this sleazy PR guy who had to who had to launch Go in 2200 <laughs> BC yeah. just knocking on the cave uh, also, I didn't see chess on that list, which I thought was weird. I could have missed it, but chess is overrated. Says board game geek community. Well, that was kind of my assumption, right? Like I would imagine the people weirdly who... battle chess was ranked high. <laughs> is there a board game version? No, of I don't know. Chess? There probably is. There's an exception for battle chess. <laughs> Why play chess when you can play battle chess? I played a bunch of battle chess. I also kid. played a lot of battle chess. Whatever you could. It made me always want to try and get unique uh, yeah, piece yeah, yeah. attack configurations because yeah. you'd see it's a different animation. attack animation. Yeah, Fred. <laughs> that was Interplay. That yeah. was the first Interplay game I ever had, I think, Battle Chess. I think that might be the... It was either that or... I Was Out of This World Interplay in the US, or was it Flashback, The Quest for Identity that was Interplay? Oh, I never played Flashback. Oh, it was fine. Maybe... I think it was Broderbund, yeah. maybe? No, I don't remember. Who cares? It was probably Interplay. <laughs> anyway, you didn't play Battle Chess? No, I always saw the Battle Chess ads in... Uh... I guess what was I reading? You can use them for a Marines commercial. 
Because <laughs> yeah. you got that sword and yeah. those monsters. Fighting against monsters like, like a stone slab. Climbing a, climbing a cartoon cliff. Yeah. Oh, man. My housemate, when The Fellowship of the Ring came out, was like, I was totally into that movie until the Balrog showed up. And then it was just the, the fucking Marines commercial. And I almost <laughs> left the theater. It was such garbage. I never watched another Lord of the Rings movie. That's an amazingly odd... It looks just it like it. Like that's exactly kind of ruined like that scene for me. That Gandalf, if you replace Gandalf with a crazy warrior who then his uniform was <laughs> and turns into a marine dress uniform <laughs> the last day <laughs> when he turns into the Gandalf, and the sword comes right up to his face. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically the, it. Represents the transformation of Gandalf the Great again off the white of. I thought you were going to say represents the transformation of Gandalf the Gray into a marine. <laughs> oh, also that. <laughs> Into a, <laughs> it's it's very literally representative of that in that it's the event that, that is happening. That's what happens in the film. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was it was an odd choice on Peter Jackson's part. <laughs> they fixed it for the DVD. He stays Gandalf now. <laughs> they fixed it. And we don't know how that snuck in there. It's weird. VHS just copy of the Marines commercial. No one noticed in the theater though because it was so similar. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Games. I've been mean, so playing the. I mean, I, to sort of segue between board games and computer games, I've been ta- I've been playing the uh, Magic: of The Gathering, Duel of the Planeswalkers, twenty twelve. I played the crap out of that on Xbox Live. I guess uh, I played the crap year, out of the year and a half ago, twenty ten version. I guess uh-huh. on PC as well. You got the new um, roster. Yeah, well, I guess there's actually a, like a, a new a twenty thirteen one coming out in a few months. I didn't realize that. I just got I've been playing this one because it it was on sale on Steam the other day, so I, yeah. I grabbed it, and uh, it really it really reminded me of why I. How, how much I enjoy the mechanics of that game and how much I fucking hate the decks right aspects of it like exactly what I was talking it about it does really, a really great like, job though. in the most extreme example mm-hmm. like where I'll be playing a game and it's just it's just absurdity like I'll load up a game I'll have my fully unlocked deck because I've been playing through the campaign and I've been slowly unlocking all the available cards and like the white deck for example is the one I've been using Ooh. and I'll uh white restore and like on turn two <laughs> on turn two the other the opponent the, my computer opponent already has summoned these, like, three invincible monsters and fucking attacked me, and, I, and he wins, like, you know, uh, the next turn. Do you hear a little, like, like <laughs> 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 no, But then I'll restart it, and then I'll, I'll just, the stuff I happen to draw, like, that, I was playing against, a, like, a red, you know, AI opponent, and I had this situation where I just got destroyed, I, like, two... What, like a communist? What, no, I thought what? you were going to tell me what the red deck did, like you said, the white deck. Oh, they're like instance, fire, damage, mm. instant, quick, yes, quick right. damage. Bow, Thanks. Bow, and so, oh, you, you, okay, I'll, I'll keep you up. Keep yeah. on, Chris. I'll, if you say blue, I'll be like... <laughs> oh, they cancel all your shit. Blue does. Oh, well, yeah, let blue. me tell you, they fucking yeah, don't like... Blue is the nope. That's blue just says nope. Yeah. I meant no. And so I was, I was playing against this red guy, this Native American. And, <laughs> and, uh, sorry. <laughs> As I said red guy, I realized that was weird. But, uh... And so you I, when you did double so down just, on that. There you go. Bam. Knock it home. Uh, and I realized as I like by suddenly I was doing the exact same thing, but just, you know, I when I completed the game, it was thirty-eight to negative seven. Like four turns in. And I'm just this shouldn't be possible. Like this is just outrageous. So you were enjoying that, playing this game. No, I the, But you've been you that been, aspect makes but me. But you like do it like the game. I do. I love the mechanics. I actually really think the, the fundamental mechanics of the game are really fun. And when I have a game that goes on for a few dozen turns and we end and, like, the scores are relatively close and it's mainly been, mm-hmm. like, countering things in, like, a cool, like, direct way, I, I really, really like it. And when either when either I or the AI guy wins through just some fucking insane combo right. or just constant shutting down where, like, you just can't do anything ever because every single thing you do is just shut down instantly, right. it's just... I, well, unfortunately, all that's driven by randomness. Because it's cause no, I know, but it's not just driven by randomness. It's also driven by people make cards that do crazy things. Like, yeah, but those cards. I mean, but uh, the game should be balanced enough to where you can't play those crazy cards until X, Y, or Z has occurred. Yeah, but, but because so X, Y, or Z occurring so many, is like, outrageous combos. Like I, outrageous combo. I, I know it's what I know. It's part of the identity right. of the game. I understand that. Right. It's just the, I. I, I'm sure there is an example of a game that is what I want, which is mechanics like that that isn't about like that kind of outrageous, excessive, big like gotcha combo. I just don't. I just really don't enjoy that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I do 
basically enjoy the experience of playing enough that I, you know, I have put several hours into it this week. Have I mean, you done I, any I do of like the it. sort of the puzzle solving? Yeah, I like, like those. I like those a lot. Like those are really great. Basically, yeah. they give you a situation and they say, this it's guy like a, is... It's like a bridge puzzle. It's like, bridge, like a bridge puzzle. Exactly. Oh, crazy. They say, here's Sep, this guy's got yeah. seven health, you need to kill him in two turns. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And if you don't, he'll just waste you with these crazy monsters he had that has out. Like, how yeah. can you stave off this assault for one turn and then the next turn turn it around like it's yeah they're I forget really cool. that they're, they're, they're framed really nicely like that like right because they're not artificial yeah. they give they're all like, actual states what if this what if this scenario came up right yeah, yeah where the, he has yeah. six monsters that's cool that like you're not just going to arbitrarily lose you'll lose because he actually does you know right. yeah, deplete yeah, yeah. all your life like they're they're, yeah. they're cool they're fun little I, that, that was my most enjoy- that was my favorite thing in the Xbox Live version yeah, it's probably was... the same as the PC version. It's probably the same game. Pretty yeah, much. I, I imagine it's the same content on yeah. uh, original 2010. But right. I haven't, I haven't played the the new one that you're playing now. Yeah, but, yeah, I think it's kind of. I mean, it's neat that they've. And this is something we were talking about this on Twitter. I just when I play that game, all I'm reminded of is, oh, I do like these mechanics, same as you. And I, you know, I played a little Magic uh, growing up. But I hate to own cards. Oh, I yeah. hate to no, buy it's not an and the foil you're throwing away, yeah. and then just they have to live in your home. Oh yeah, and I know everybody money. listening to oh. this owns magic cards yeah, and probably buys them. The solution to I that, though, I just hate to own things in general. The solution and cards is, 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 is have a younger brother that you can give all your magic cards to when you realize you spent a bunch of money on magic, and then you lost every time you tried to play at Boy Scout camp. <laughs> Is that the all yeah. I want? <laughs> That's a very specific solution, Jake. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a solution. There's a there's a, a bookshelf. In my parents I think the sun might have got, got a lot might of be setting. It's got a lot my, of magic cards. My little brother <laughs> opportunities. You got to make Mom, that happen, yeah, Mom, no. Mom. I know you listen to the cast, and uh, I know you and Dad are getting up there. But uh, look, I gotta I, really I gotta move a lot of magic cards. <laughs> one last one for the team. Come on, let's see. Let's just see what we can do. Just gotta have. The hands and eyes that Well, you also have to go to Boy Scout <laughs> camp and lose a bunch so you get disillusioned with Magic the Gathering. That me or little my little brother? Oh, you. Because that's what I makes you give the cards away. I don't know going to let me go to Boy Scout camp. You, oh, you know what? Oh, so this is the setup. If you your parents to have another kid, you can figure out how to get into a game. I shave my camp. beard and wax my body. And then I and then you are sneak into Boy no, Scout camp. Guys, trap you in a huge net and throw you in a van and, and drive you away from the Boy Scout camp immediately. <laughs> <laughs> How you long just leave the mustache. How long do you think I would last at Boy Scout camp before they darted me and I woke up and then a prison cell? You would actually be murdered. You would be shot by a lot of twenty twos and arrows. Oh, you think the you think the Boy Scouts would would, they would re- sniff would. me out? Yeah. You think they would say he's not one of us? You'd he's be, been through puberty a long time ago. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be revived by someone who learned CPR though, and that person would be my Boy Scout pal. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say he's been through puberty a lot. That's, <laughs> I mean, like, it's the same. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's been through a lot of puberty. A lot of, let me just tell you, you're gonna wait five years. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of puberty going on. An avalanche of puberty. <laughs> Episode title. Like you're welcome. <laughs> it's got weird. It's good. That's what the people crave. Kickstarter. So there's really. So maybe just I don't play magic then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna. I mean, yeah. we'll walk this no. back. Yeah, let's no. just. That's probably it's not even an option for me. Like the notion of no. starting to buy into all that no. stuff is just not even. You know, I mean, some guys that right Telltale... now I pull my magic starter deck out of my pocket <laughs> and then silently throw it in the garbage <laughs> that I just bought today. Like, you crumple it up. You crumple it up and drop it on the ground, and one tear falls yeah. out of you. Uh, what you're hits a self, the card? You're a self-contained. One tear falls, hits the exposed card, which I then realize and then a was wizard a, comes was out a rare it. card, which I have now ruined with my. Your six six hundred dollar crazy yeah, foil whatever card. it is my Vesuvian doppelganger that's the only magic card <laughs> that I remember yes is that a thing that's one for sure from like fifteen years ago that's a true alright readers how much is a Vesuvian doppelganger worth in twenty twelve. Probably Please not. Let us I don't know. think it's cost for play anymore. Thumbs down. I think I'm sure there's like a Beckett card think, collector. I think that card is deprecated. It will anyway. tell you <clears throat> Beckett. That was a card. That was a baseball card. Like, yeah. Do you guys remember seeing? Yeah. I had a baseball card once. I gave it to. <laughs> We're gonna walk this all the way back. What happened this to Boys Scout? Okay. Jake childhood cat. <laughs> I just didn't care about baseball cards. Okay. They didn't get taken from you at Boy Scout camp. No, 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 no. I remember, I, the I magic cards weren't taken. I just thought magic was bullshit after that. I don't. I, the thing is, I didn't really listen to your Boy Scout camp story. I just. I'm not as. So I just don't know really know what happened. I just don't really give a shit about the things that happened to you when you were a small person. So I don't. <laughs> I don't know why you would. Small. You guys remember? It's funny back in like the early mid '90s when all the baseball card baseball card shops started turning into magic card shops. Oh yeah, there was a slow that's where the bread was transformation. Was yeah, yep. yeah. Nolan Ryan like, slowly the guys just became the vampire. Behind the counter were clearly all bummed out because they'd spent their entire lives 
like ever since they were kids in like the forties yeah. or whatever, you know, collecting baseball cards, and now and it's all like, fucking wizards in Yu Gi Oh. That's because baseball cards were huge for a little while. Yeah, like, oh man, I can open yeah. up a store just did with baseball cards. I can get over the fact that my mom threw these away when I went to college. <laughs> awesome. What is this pewter wizard that I have to stock here? <laughs> this stupid yeah. like little wizard on a pile of white sand. Ugh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the life counter, the little pewter. Well, just what? like I just mean stores like that. That then they start carrying the magic cards. Yeah. Then they get the but one little rack of like Batman balls. comics, and then yeah, you get the pewter wizard holding the like the purple stone standing on top of a dragon that's got like the little felt bottom. No. Oh no, I get it. like a see I would, all like the pewter a, sort of things that you would find in those card shops. Yeah, a yeah, little yeah. collectible item. A tchotchke. Yeah. A collectible, I'm with you. A collectible wizard. <laughs> you get a collectible dragon. Remind me that I have a photograph God. of a belt buckle that I I saw in a store in New Orleans that is a a wizard with a crazy dragon eye thing. It's a belt buckle. I almost bought it for you. The Chris. whole, the whole category. I didn't think you'd like, Wizard. Yeah, I probably would not. The whole category <laughs> of wizard-related art is hilarious. We have to cut all this like, wizard content. Recently, out of no, we don't. We must have mentioned a wizard <laughs> on a recent podcast or something because no, I, no. But I mean, there, was, there must have been a particular in, incident because I like for a day, a couple, like a week or two ago, I got a whole bunch of wizard-related Twitter replies just out of nowhere. Or maybe I mentioned a wizard on Twitter. I don't know. What are you talking about, wizard art? Well, like just like really highly detailed. Colorful, like just like all skin porn, like all skin wrinkles, all cloth. I don't mean like up close, like in like magnified. I just mean really vibrant. Yeah, vibrant, like really detailed paintings. You know, like it conveys in great detail the majesty of the wizard. Right, like one hundred percent non-ironic, incredibly earnest, self-serious van wizard portrayals of wizards, like (laughs) artist alley style wizards. Yes, it's hilarious. There's something really weird about it, and I found when I was looking through. Uh, um, the internet, like a box. I have like a box of just old correspondence, like letters. And, like, you and I both of us just jumped on that. I was the uh, wizards, and I have a box of old. And we're like wizards. <laughs> <laughs> you went to say that sentence, and Jake and I just connected. Just, <laughs> like, what's he about? Is he gonna say what's in the is box? It... <laughs> I got my box of all the wizards. What's in the what box? Like the pictures. So you have a box of old correspondence, yeah, like, and there's wizards. From when I was a kid, like birthday cards and shit, like right, that kind right, of stuff. Right. And I found one that my mom got me, well, my parents got me one year, that was one of those fucking wizards. Like, a big wizard with his arms out, like, in the fucking pointy hat, and he was, like, in space. Like, he was just in, like... You've so got to go the, find the, that like, card and open way. it. Figure out who gave it to you and call them and say thank you. It was my parents. It was my mom Well, you should dad. tell her thank you, because you that is clearly pointed you to this right. moment. It was just a weird thing to see, because my parents, that's never the kind of thing, like... Weird. My mom has just seen that in a thing. Chris must like wizards. Like, I, I can't. I just, Chris was, must like wizards in space. Yeah, it was weird. She knew you too well. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Wizards are funny. Anyway. I'm still laughing inside about you saying red man and then correcting yourself <laughs> and saying making it worse. Oh, Sorry, Sean. I had, to, I had to hold that one back for a minute. You've been playing Minecraft. I played Minecraft. Minecraft for the first time ever. Oh, so there's a new Idle Thumbs Minecraft server. It's back. Uh, oh, yeah. If you go to... New dot... Well, I mean, if you just go to idlemc.com, oh, that'll yeah. be updated soon. Or look on the Idle Thumbs forums for... There's... There's a big thread about it. There's a big thread called Mine Thumbcraft, um, <laughs> which is weird and has all the information in it somewhere. Yeah. But, but also idlemc. Idlemc.com is the official yeah. website. Yeah, Doug, our web guy, just sort of said, oh, screw it, I'll start a new server up because the forums have had an uptick in traffic lately because you guys exist and we exist. You um, guys are great. So now there's a new Idle Thumbs Minecraft server. Yeah, so... And I was the first person the, on the it. The old Idle Thumbs it was Minecraft just, server the, was my first ever, like, real experience with Minecraft. Other than just, Oh, this like, is... Tonight was the first time I've ever played the game. Ever. I haven't checked out the new one yet, but... Uh, I mean, like, I mean, like a couple of years ago, right. but, yeah. You, have you enjoyed your first hour of mining? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how... I mean, it was... Doug said the server was up, and then he wasn't online. So I joined, and I was the only person... Oh, and you probably in, didn't have build permissions. I didn't have build, build permissions. We don't give those out in uh, an, by an, default. In an empty world. And, yep. and I wandered for probably half an hour, which was really cool. And the moment I got build permission... Like, but my interest... I didn't know how... The game hadn't really latched onto me yet. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a really, like... Like uh, just like the world. Yeah, it was that kind of ephemeral feeling of just being. Yeah, that's in what's a so wide... great about Minecraft. Or one, yeah. of, one of the things that's so great about it. And I loved that feeling. But yeah. the moment I got build permissions, 
and just you give yourself one mini goal. Like like I was talking to Amelia on uh, on Skype while I was playing, and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna build an igloo." She's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I found a snowy area. I'm gonna build a rock igloo. Let's see what happens." And then so I started building my rock igloo. And then uh, Doug jumped on, and then somebody else jumped on. And he said, oh, what's Sean doing? And he said, I think he's building a mountain layer. And I was like, Igloo now mountain layer. <laughs> so you just kind of grow right. your ideas. I am. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> and uh, so now there's a mountain layer I'm starting. It's awesome. A little bunker for myself. Sit in it. You're going to put a sign outside that says no haters? No, hate. keep the haters out. That's right. Naturally. That's good. That keeps the mobs away, I think. Yeah, those little green mm. pickle men will stay away if I put a sign that says no haters. I don't like those guys. No. They're just the pickle guys, right? What do the people call those? What do they call the, those? I don't know what they're the about. creeper? The guy that walks up and goes, and then explodes? Yeah, the pickle. The green yeah, pickleman. Pickle okay. Yeah, his name is Pickleman. Pickleman like... Creeper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that guy. No. But there are, You've there seen are, him on a so yeah, before. I mean, I guess you can do. You can do non-violent Minecraft servers. This like one has the pickles and like the other guys in the yeah, spiders. You can do creative mode, but the server is currently in survival mode because we ran a lot of creative mode servers back on the previous Minecraft server, and people eventually sort of said creative mode is cool. And I mean, we we mm-hmm. we switch back and forth between which one we roll, but I think right now people wanted to be able to have the sort of the constraints of monsters spawning mm-hmm. and having to actually defend yourself and having to mine more than just having the paintbrush toolkit to just build crazy shit. Yeah. I really like the fact that the game doesn't really have, isn't physics driven and systems driven. It's just sort of rule driven. I really like that a lot about the game. Yeah. I was thinking about that while I was playing. Weird floating. Yeah, because you get in. Well, there are, you are rules, but it's always like, the rules are just things like what, what makes monsters. Right. What aggroes them. But we're rules driven as opposed to, but the world itself is just like place cubes. It's just a 3D palette, basically. Well, I think my brain. Having never played, jumped in, and, and I played so much Little Big Planet One and Two, which are mm. games about creation, yeah. where I thought, okay, I'm this game, I'm going to feel inadequate the moment somebody builds a calculator out of sticks, you know, or somebody makes a game inside the game. But because the game is rudimentary rule driven, it seems, and not system driven. Little Big Planet or Minecraft? Minecraft okay. is rule driven, like just sort of this thing has this one thing that it does. Water does this one thing. Everything yeah. does this one thing. Um, you have to make a. You have to use these four things to make this thing, which does this one thing. Yeah, you know, things like this. Yeah, Minecraft is very much. It's got a lot of things operating at once, but it's not really about the collision of all of those things on top. Right, of the right. You yeah, can, like Little Big Planet is entirely about everything running into itself. Yeah, so it made the game in all of its expanse feel really accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I started to collect things, I didn't know what they did. Yeah, I didn't feel like they had uh, immeasurable behaviors that I was going to have to. Right. Really be super smart to figure out. Right, right, right. And I really like that a lot. I think I like that the game is so limited in, in its in its scope of that stuff. I mean, it's really yep. neat. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why six million. The thing about it that's the thing it. about it is cool is that it does have all those really simple things. But then the longer you play, the more you realize it has four hundred billion of those. Right. Like so, there's you know there's a you'll have a long period of just discovering a bunch of really really simple things. But then the way that they combine is just kind of up to you, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I really hope that people. Uh, get on the server. One day you'll see me so is... uh, spending three, four days of my life just digging a small two by one tunnel underneath your house. This is what the sixth e- epoch. It's. I think it's. It's probably about the sixth. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to idlemc.com, you can look. You can see uh, a record of the five previous epochs of the Idle Thumbs Minecraft server, and you can, with in all cases except the second, I think you can download. The second only lasted twenty four hours, and the server crashed. So right. that's the that's the long lost world. <laughs> That was all potential, never realized. But you can download the world states mm-hmm. yeah. in their in their final form. You can cruise the archive of mm-hmm. Nick signs. Yeah, yeah. Well, we gotta get working on that new sign. Oh, I know. <laughs> tonight, tonight. No, not tonight. <laughs> I've also been playing Legend of Grimrock. I started playing it today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what is that uh, game? So I keep seeing tonight. people talking about this Grimrock. It looks pretty great. It's cool. It's a uh, it's a first person. Uh, like dungeon dungeon crawler thing, where I it's it's actually a genre of game I'm not I'm not super familiar with, but I know it's near and dear to a lot of people like Stonekeep and like Dungeon Master and stuff. Okay, and you you go through. Are they, are they procedurally generated or is it is it they levels? Seem designed? I don't even know. I assume it's okay. designed. They all seem very designed because yeah. they're all puzzles where you like okay. you know there's levers on the walls and buttons on the floor that you stand on. Like I, I assume it's all designed, but. Um, uh, I mean, your party is randomly chosen at the beginning of the game and stuff, but um, 
you know, you it's it's all tile based. So like this the game runs in real time, but you're you can't move arbitrarily and you can't turn arbitrarily. Everything's at ninety oh, degree really? angles and when you move forward, you move a tile's worth forward and that's it. Like there's no the controls are not analog. Like you can look around in analog with your mouse, uh-huh. but, but you're you all node based movement. Right, oh, exactly. weird! Oh, I didn't know that. And and when you turn, you're always going to snap. Your your look is always going to snap back to a ninety degree, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fixed angle. Crazy. Um, and it's it's you know a style of game that it that exists that is there's precedent for. I mean, obviously, but like it's a, it's a genre I guess that some people really mm-hmm. like that I'm I've just been fairly unfamiliar with. Um. And, but it seems cool. I've only played a couple hours, and I'm not super knowledgeable about it. But, you know, you go through this dungeon. I'm on the second level, and I assume there's a bajillion levels. And you fight monsters, and you figure out these sort of environmental puzzles. And uh, it's really restrained, which is nice. I mean, I assume that's kind of a hallmark of the genre. But it's uh, there's either there's no music, or, or music is turned off on mine or something. But, like, it's just this very sober experience like you're moving through this environment it's very visually toned down mm-hmm. uh like from an audio standpoint it's very toned down um you've got like a party of four but they're all just contained in your right. first person there's, there's okay. a representative thing like you're effectively yeah. a sprite yeah in this game you're not even a sprite you're nothing you're a camera. i guess well if this were this the 2d version of it you would just be a guy that represents your guy right, right it's right, like right, when you're right. running around and your party like the is in the ui basically. Map or yeah your, your party exists entirely ui exactly um and so you can arrange them so like you can arrange who's who are the two party members in the front. So is it like attack order or something? Or? Well, it's just the guys in the front can actually attack with a hand to hand. Oh, okay. The guys in the back can't. Oh, like, very yeah. defended by the, the guys, guys in the front, front. Will be hit by right. monsters okay. attacking the front. Yeah. But you can really like them arbitrarily. Like so your party like, turns with you as well. They're not always oriented the same way on the grid or anything like that. Your your four members just comprise one single unit. You you like right, but I mean they. They rotate in cardinal direction with you. They're yeah. not like map oriented or anything like that. No, I don't. Sorry, I'm they're, they're, to ori- out the they're oriented to wherever the camera's You're, facing. Yeah. Your party is one unit. So your party yeah. faces a direction. Individual right. yeah. guys don't have their own facing. Um, but yeah, it's I really in- games that make you stack a group like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like a lot for some reason. There's something about being able to intuit the the benefits of being in the back of the group or being at the front of the group right. and what that means strategically for... You can do well, it in Full Spectrum Warrior too. Yeah. And I and it's a very different game, but yeah. I really like that as a mechanic. Well, be interested really to hear, I'll be interested to hear what you think about it. Well, and you've got a new PC set up. I don't know if you mentioned that, but Sean has, oh. a, Sean has a gaming PC now, which is new, yeah. new for him, or like at least relatively new. New since of, high school. I haven't had yeah. a PC since I was 17. Yeah. yeah. And I'm um, 27. So you can play all these sweet games on Steam now. Yeah. Steam is you oh, can man. stop using my PC for it. I know. Pretty excited. Also, Dark Souls was announced for PC, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. It's Games for Windows Live, which is Just the fact that any better. game that is now brought up, I can be like, oh, I can look into it now. Like, it was so much of it was just it would go in one ear and out another generally, or I would have to play whatever was on Jake's computer or steal time at lunch and work on my work computer. Right. But building a PC... Now you can play Dark Souls. Building a PC was one of the like it sounds, I don't know. It's, it was a really fulfilling experience. It yeah, was. If, it was really I mean, fun. I'm sure many, many, probably the majority of our readers have probably built a PC. Before. Probably not the majority, maybe. But it is really. I mean, anybody who listens to this podcast knows I am not an intelligent, like super smart guy. <laughs> like it is. It <laughs> That's is, true. It is not a difficult thing to do if you if you take your time. And just but doing the research, buying the and parts, and then the actual day of putting the PC together is really fun. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was so fulfilling. When and you're now, done like, putting together this crazy machine full of and it turns on, and it turns on, and like, and it just boop. You're like, I've created life. Yeah, I said it. Enter a Windows CD key. Oh, sorry. Go to the BIOS and switch the boot order around so I can boot <laughs> off the goddamn DVD drive. Yeah, it really demystifies everything that happens inside of your computer. And again, I'm sure for like the majority of people, I like, you'll duh, I know how that works. But you, know, you always know how the parts work theoretically but connecting them all together and just looking at the motherboard and knowing that like oh that drives that thing and this thing over here connects to that thing uh is amazing and knowing that like if something goes wrong with it i I, not only can i fix it but i have to you know there's nobody to go back to and say yep you sold me this thing of attached of attached magics inside of a box yeah, I'm really stoked on it. I really it's also like just it. a reminder that, by and large, knowing how a thing that you use works is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I work on my motorcycle all the time, and that's really it's, it's fulfilling in the exact same way. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to play. More. I mean, playing Dota, and I'm really excited to play more PC games. 
really, really excited. Just, I just, I've always had, I've had things in my Steam queue that I bought that I knew one day I'd want to play <laughs> and never <laughs> owned a PC. I was like, oh, it's four dollars. How do I not just get this? And I'll have a PC eventually, right? Like by That's accident. Funny. So you've got this list of games waiting for you now. Yeah, it was like it was like a like a wrinkled old sort of dilapidated. With the pine needles falling off Christmas tree, right. I had all my old presents. I well, the first game you installed was Far Cry Two, right? Far Cry Two, yeah, of course, naturally. I felt <laughs> after you mentioned that, I reinstalled it yeah. the other day. But I'll be good. It all looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, God, so I did this interview with. Um, uh, I did it like I okay. So there's a site curse dot com. They cover like oh, I was MMOs hoping you were going to talk about this because I watched that video today. It was really and, good. Uh, and they, I guess they run a YouTube channel called Indie Game Cave, um, and they interviewed me about the. Uh, what would Molly do game jam like the day or no the day of the jam before it started like we did a pre-event interview and I talked about what, you know like how it came to be and blah 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 and what we were hoping would happen and then uh, yesterday or the day before this I don't know, earlier this week um, I did a follow-up interview with them about having already done the game jam and like what happened during it but we also just got off on this big tangent about just games and stuff and. Uh, and it was, of course, I fucking ended up talking about Far Cry 2 for like well, five minutes. the video that I saw today, you mentioned Stalker. Stalker, right. So Stalker. Far Cry 2 didn't make it into the edited right. cut. Maybe it'll, I mean, the guy said he's going to release the several. The next will be Chris Rama on Far Cry 2. Right. Well, he said he was going to release several videos based on the like total material. So The maybe. talk that you, the, the stuff you were saying about playtesting was really good, though, I thought. Oh, oh my thanks. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not. Yeah, that was it. Was really resonant, <laughs> and it's funny. And the thing that I wanted to talk about is that when you, especially as a designer and especially as a creative lead, to take that opinion that I thought was incredibly well articulated. Well, we should rephrase the opinion then, if, if we're going to be talking about it. Like, so the opinion, no, no, I'm just saying if I were to take that opinion, well, you're saying that opinion, but we haven't said what the opinion. Right. Is. Okay. For the, right. For the, Let's for the, start, for the and then we'll walk back to where I am. Go ahead. So I was basically just saying in the interview. Um, and I can't remember why we were on this topic, but anyway, the, the, the gist of it was it's very common right now. It's sort of in vogue in, in, a, in a lot of, especially single player game design right now, well, primarily single player game design to try to flatten out the play curve as much as possible. And like play testing will help you get there. You know, I mean, it, every step along the way, you can see what do people halt on? What do people stumble on? Like, what do people not quite get? And you can flatten out that curve. You can make the experience like... An, an Uncharted game or a, a like a Modern Warfare game is really good at that. You know, making making every scene um, the next step of progression is really clear to the player. It's really intuitive, and like mm-hmm. the player avatar as a result becomes this like paragon of competence and ingenuity, and like they're this is very power fantasy kind of mentality. Of, you like, this are guy always this, pointed in the right direction. Yeah, this player always this character always knows what to do. He always does it right, and like you know you, you can fuck up, but there's a Autosave, there's a checkpoint or whatever. I mean, the the actual fiction of the game is you always succeed. Like you don't. The fiction isn't you died a bunch of times. It's mm-hmm. you always did it right. And the the ideally, I'm thinking a lot of those games like, you're not even expected to die very frequently. Like here, it's funny. The first I'm going to interrupt you for half a second. I'm sorry, but the first time that I noticed that was in Half Life One mm-hmm. because I Half Life One is in a lot of ways the because I thought to that. myself, okay, if if I if I actually if sorry. If there was a demo recorder running in Half-Life 1 that just stopped, um, that only recorded my successful playthrough? Like, that's basically... This, just, oh, I remember out your death. You, I yeah. remember you telling yeah. me this many years it's ago. The, yeah, the yeah, story yeah. that Half-Life 1 actually tells from when it restores from your save is yeah. just one perfect playthrough for yeah. every person who ever plays it, because you yeah. die and it rolls back, but Half-Life is this continuous... Yeah. Like, Half-Life 1 was the first game that I realized... It's not when I die, I don't go back to the level start. I go back right. to right before it decided that I was fucking up, like in yeah. the autosave point. Exactly. So, yeah. like that game, the record, the respawn, re- right. like in Bioshock. Yeah, the recorded yeah. history of Gordon There's Freeman is he is an immaculate, perfect person who did it right. exactly right because history erased all the fuck ups. Like the fuck ups exactly. are not yeah. part of the narrative, they're not part of any of the systems other than you died, so we have to back it up. But like all Valve games have done that to an increasing degree, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, Portal well, Two put in load screens, which fucked that up. But that's anyway, true, that's right. separate. Anyway, but, so, uh, yeah, and that's that's like a, a sort of a slightly different point than what I'm making. I, I know, making, but, but it no, just no, I know. It's a good thing to bring up because I totally agree with you, and it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, and the the, the counter example I brought up was Stalker, which is to a lot of people a you know a difficult game to play, and like understandably so. Like that game's rough in a lot of ways. Stalker's one of those games that, that it doesn't need to be rough. Excited to play. <laughs> right. And there, there's things that there's things about that game that could have been smoother that I think, you know, probably would not have harmed the game to be smoother. But there are a lot of things about that game that had they smoothed things out, the game would have been much less than what it was. Like rough edges 
are what make interactive experiences interesting. Oh, I mean, like just the entire entirety of playing the game, even just from a really fundamental standpoint of you don't know where to go. Like often you just you're just at left to your own devices. Like the pacing of the game is entirely up to you. Like even if you never die once, the experience of pacing the which is not going to happen in Starter, but theoretically, still you're it's entirely self-paced. There are probably times when you just wander around in the desert, in the not desert, but in the exclusion zone a bit. Not quite sure where to go. Oh, you get lost. Oh, yeah. you, you know, crazy things happen. Like, Far Cry 2 is another great example of that. I know we talk about it a million times. But, like, Far Cry 2, the reason we talked about it so much is because it explicitly is designed around the ability for you to plan out a really detailed plan of attack and have this really cool thing in your brain that you're going to execute, and then it fails in some spectacular way, but then you pull out of it in, like, some equally crazy way uh, Which is just as empowering as the sort of synthetic version of that in modern warfare. Where, yeah, no, it's like more the failure. As far oh, as yeah, I'm concerned, yeah, yeah. like by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, and I when I say it's just as, I mean that's that's sort of like a pitch for the modern warfare player who, who says like eh, I'm not really interested in mm, sure, like, sure, No, sure. dude, it's just as empowering as that cool thing you did when you right. went to the burning White House and killed the terrorist. <laughs> right. It was awesome. So anyway, the thing you were going to say from your your standpoint about oh yeah, that I angle. mean it's not really that it's not. I don't think it's interesting. It's nothing. Like, don't even say it. No, it's not interesting for when in the in discussion of of video games. It's more of on the other side. It's. I thought you made a very good point, and not it wasn't even so much an argument. It was just shedding light on what the process does. Then uh, I don't think that's. I think that's either taken for granted or overlooked. Yeah, well, I think uh, playtesting is often seen as un- unambiguously good. Yes, and 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 there's a and the, the the reason that's a that's a tricky area is because obviously it is really good in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, games are unlike a film, unlike a book, unlike a piece of music. Games are software. You, they have to be used by right. a person. They need to like well, someone so, needs to actually yeah, interact yeah. with the system in a really direct way. And like, it's possible for you just to literally like in in just the most banal way not actually know how to make a thing happen in a game. Right. Like, that's possible. Right. In a way that it just isn't possible elsewhere unless you literally do not speak a language a book is written in. Like, right. that's that's about the only, or, you know... Or, or understand the or words. Or understand yeah. the, the language that... If it's, the, over your, yeah, if it's outside language. of your yeah. ability. But that's that's about as close as you're going to get to that phenomenon. What's funny is I was going to say, you use a playtest. Like, yeah. playtests do not change your game. You change your game. Exactly, yeah. And mm-hmm. the outcome of a playtest um, can be used as an argument to change your game or not. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when you design something that is intentionally ambiguous and you think the pleasure of the experience is going to be in the finding out of the con, the finding out of the purpose, you know, and I, you know, we, we want to give the player the freedom to roam and discover their goal here because that is what we believe the right thing to do. And then you get a playtest back that says, oh, people didn't really know what to do here. It's like, okay, good. But, like, how did that map to their enjoyment of the content or that enjo- their enjoyment of that moment of the game? It's really hard to take the position I have found, um, especially working on, you know, like, sort of high-profile mass media-consumed, con- like, uh, games. It's hard to take the position that you took in the YouTube and not be sort of labeled as, like... It's very convenient for the creator to be like, well, not all playtests are good, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's it, finding the right person who can make that argument within a production is really, really difficult yeah. because the it's amazing how playtest feedback is politicized and playtest playtest feedback is used at all levels of production to bend to advance the, the cause, to advance the cause yeah. of, a, of a game. Yeah. It is tremendous. Like play, like you learn a lot. Playtesting your games for certain, like I love walking around playtest, but playtest feedback is interpreted a million different ways, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then the good bad of what was like, oh, this happened, therefore that's bad. This ha- this that happened, therefore this is good. 
that rubric is just completely manufactured. That also from prison to prison. Which I thought was like, uh, yeah, which I thought was also well, right. like it's that is that is the which play goes ten, against yeah. the notion of what right. Like a lot of people, at, they're like, I love that someone thought this was weird, and other people are like they thought that was weird. Right. It's a disaster. Right. I know exactly. weird is good. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, the irony is that yeah. play tests are an example of data collection, which in an ideal, in a, in, in, in a lot of sort of ideal conceptions is seen as objective. Right. You know and, I mean? right. Like, and I think like, that was just Play tests that. often get boiled down to like really detailed statistics, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily... They, a lot of it still boils down to what did you think right now, which is the most subjective thing you could ever ask anyone. Right. Well, yeah. it just depends. I guess it depends what kind of data you're looking for because yeah. there's there are some play tests that are just like... I didn't know I could press the B button. Is is like right. That's fine. That's right. fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, that's yeah, exactly. I was that's frustrated like right here. That's like is it, is it, testing, like, essentially, and that's that's right. But that's sort of the, the yeah. That that also. I mean, that data comes out of a playtest yeah. in the same bundle of feedback as I felt kind of frustrated in this part, but then I eventually figured it out. Yeah, right. which is oh god. Yeah, how do we right. interpret that? It's right, pretty subjective. Yeah. Like, there's a part in, in The Walking Dead where we watch playtesters die like two times before mastering it, and that was one of the first times that that had happened. For me to play to a telltale, and I was really excited by that. But then we definitely had to have a big fight about whether that was a good thing or not, you know. And I thought like the I I felt like when people got over the hump, and it was a killing a zombie, obviously. When people had done that, they were like, "Oh man, like I did it!" And yeah. it was it mapped perfectly to the theme of the game at that moment. So I was really excited when that was coming out of a playtest. But like, don't think for a second that everybody went like, "Oh, good," <laughs> you right. know, they yeah, got stuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, no. you see so, the exact same data and have very different reactions. Right, to it. right, yeah. you know, from different yeah. perspectives. But no, I thought you, you guys should definitely check it out. Is the YouTube? I think Steve mentioned it on Twitter. Yeah. I retweeted it on Twitter, so you can try. We can link it in the forum it. post yeah, for this we'll, episode. We'll link it in the forum post. It's really great. There might be some more of those videos, including one with some Far Cry Two in it. Oof. that's what you need. <laughs> if I, you want more Far Cry Two discussion, please see every Idle Thumbs episode. <laughs> And this YouTube video. They may not they may not even release that one. I don't know. Demand that that YouTube video is released. I don't know why. I, I still don't I'm still don't remember why that conversation ended up turning into that story. Because every conversation with you turns into Far Cry 2. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. mean Far Cry 2 specifically, I just mean all that other Oh, why were you talking about video games in that conversation? <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. Well it was a retrospective on the fucking Molly Jam. <laughs> Anyway, well, it maps pretty well to Molly Jam with the fact that these are games that are just coming straight out of a out of a brain and going into the and going out. That's true, and actually, I guess the more and that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, and I think probably the broader also thing was about games that are kind of born out of weird creativity and games that are less focused on kind of mainstream game industry notions of what a sort of game is supposed to be right now. And Stalker definitely fits that bill, and Far Cry Two to a somewhat lesser extent. You guys ever heard about video games? Hmm. Video games. That's the hard stop right there. What was it? Are we done? Are we done? Oh, what about the... the, Are we supposed to talk about the Kickstarter? It's a progress cast. Oh, we got our postcards in today. (laughs) We have something to talk about. We got postcards. (laughs) 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 They look good. So that was the rolling start. So now let's talk... (laughs) It's Friday the 13th, 2012. <laughs> anyway, we got our postcard yeah, news. Great so Kickstarter news. The postcards uh, are coming. This being a Kickstarter-themed Kickstarter theme is completely a sham at this point. This is just a fucking episode. Of Let's release this, release this publicly. What? Backers only. This part right here we should put on the Kickstarter. <laughs> we got the postcards and they look good. We got the postcards... <laughs> We're moving the furniture into the office this weekend. Well, we have to buy furniture first. We're, we're, we're going to move it into the furniture. office this weekend. Uh... What else is going on? I was on? painting the wall in the office. Oh wait, did you did you paint more? No, not yet. Oh, Jake I, I went all the way to the office. And I really have the key. Just forgot that I don't have a key to the office. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! We need to get yeah. that third key. Yeah, yeah, Jake and I Jake and I put down the primer. Well, the thing the is, is actually at one hundred and forty thousand, the third key unlocked for you for the office. But <laughs> yeah. I didn't hit it, so yeah, that's that a fucking sucks. bummer. You can blame the ba- you can blame the readers. Yeah, thanks guys. I'm <laughs> so sad that you drove down there. Yep, that was in the rain. It was good. Um... Um, I don't know. Oh, you know, we're we're figuring out how to we want to how to distribute the game and distribute yeah. the music, all the di- digital content. That's something that we're uh, people keep asking when the website's going to come back and when episodes are going to start coming out. But uh, that stuff's moving we forward. Don't know yet. We're working Got a on design it. we like. We have a web page being made now by yeah. Webman. Pickle uh, Webman. Pickle Robert, Robert Webman. Robert Webman. M- Michael Webman. Oh, Cyber Demon. Watson. We hung out with uh, Pancake last night. Uh, our our front end web web guy, his dog is super adorable. Named Pancake. Pancake. 
This, is, this is what people are paying for, right? Here. This is what they want to hear. Dandy docs. She's got papers. She's got papers. Hair will fall out or whatever. Yeah. Can't board her. Every time we... Every time... Every time this podcast happen, we turn into fucking idiots. No, we gotta learn to start podcast better, and we have to learn to end podcast. We better. started it fine. We started it bad this time. Are we guys still on? Hey guys. Anyway, video games. Might little need a little bit of editing here. At the <laughs> yeah, end. it could be removed probably. <laughs> so we got those postcards in. Those postcards. Do they look good? Actually, yeah. Do you bring I have one, one with me? Yeah. Gotta go look at a postcard. It's got a businessman on it. Alright, we're, we're, let's, this is over. <laughs> That's what oh, we're fuck. Okay. What? It's called Make It With Cheese, where we review a <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> X-Men crossover. <laughs> Fucking Captain Picard meets the X-Men? It would only have to be like... That's what I wanted to do. Hopefully I only read Make It With Cheese books. That won't be the case. <laughs> oh, man. Listening to Rob Zachney start a podcast... Just a makes me feel completely cool. Uh, no, the, what's oh, the opposite sorry. of cool? Oh, oh lame. Yes, uh, yes. 